Welcome to Virtual Church. 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 Welcome to Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to our virtual church service today. Uh, spring has sprung. Uh, the sun is slightly blinding me as I'm sitting in my sitting room. But so thankful to God for the changing of seasons. And uh, he's changing seasons, not just in the natural, but he's changing seasons um, spiritually and in the life of the church. And I believe in your life as well. So praise God for that. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for this day and the opportunity to hear your word and let it um, shape our lives. Father God, so we dedicate this day to you. We thank you for this message. We thank you, Father God, that you are the good shepherd, Father God. We thank you that you lead us, Father God, to green pastures and you, you lead us by still waters and that you restore our souls, Father God. Today, Father, I pray for restorations. I pray that you would restore unity and oneness. You'd restore relationships. You'd restore mental health, you'd restore physical health, emotional health, Father God, that you'd restore us spiritually, Father God, as, the, as Psalm 23 says, you restore our soul. So we thank you, Father, for restoring your body and your church, bringing us into one. We thank you, Father God. We pray, Father God, for um, our, our land, our community, our world today, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We know that Jesus is the answer for the world. And we're so thankful, Father God, to have your son Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We give you thanks for today, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, today I'd like to share a message with you um, called uh, Think on the Good Report. And um, this is uh, a world we live in today is definitely uh, dominated by all sorts of reports and news. And uh, there's a way that we can uh, get through, cut through the fog and all of the different uh, news and reports that come that flood our way every day. Um, and I believe there's some ways of doing that. God 
God tells us how to do that, and we're going to share in a scripture on that today. But most importantly, it is a lot to do with prayer. There's a lot to do with meditation. And so we've got to pray our way ahead um, in this world. Amen. Instead of trying to make our own way, um, we, we've got to pray for God's ways. Instead of us trying to open doors and make things happen and shift things, we've got to pray, pray those doors open. We've got to pray the, the, the shifts in that we are praying for, that we would like to see change in. And prayer opens up the, the realms of possibilities that I believe God wants to release. Amen. There's possibilities out there that are, that are as yet um, unrealized and God wants to release them. But as, as important as all that is for the believer, Prayer produces something very special, and that's intimacy. Now, intimacy is a deep and a very special bond that's formed in a relationship. And it's not just something that's automatic. It's, it just doesn't happen. It's developed over a period of time. Amen. Now, um, we all know that religion sometimes gives people the impression that God is, um, God's far away. He's, he's, he's a stern God. He's much more inclined to punish before he rewards and so on and so on. You've probably heard lots of impressions that people have of, of our Father God. But the, the, the truth we need to share with others is that God wants closeness and intimacy with the people he loves. And uh, he truly wants to release and not withhold good things to the church and, and for our lives as well. So he, he's not a God that wants to withhold. He's a God that wants to release. And most of the time, I believe, it's a move closer to the Lord on our part as we begin to truly, truly trust him with our souls and as we move towards him, he begins to give us amazing insights into living life on a, on a level that we previously or otherwise we hadn't known before. We've, living life on a level that we've just not been used to. And um, so it's, it's, it's on us to, to move. The word says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And so I would say, try that. Make that, make that a, a, a part of you. Make that your purpose. And not, not a part of your purpose. Make it your, a purpose, your purpose to draw near to God. You know, recognizing the voice of God or the, or the leading of his Holy Spirit can be something we actually do experience daily. And it's something that's like, oh, that was a surprise or that was unexpected. I actually heard from, from the Lord today. I felt a real leading of his Holy Spirit. And sometimes we treat it as if it's not normal, but it can be a normal occurrence, not something that's elusive and that constantly uh, frustrates us. Amen. And what I'm hoping to convey here 
this morning are some ways to deep security, deep peace, contentment, all of those things. And these are the good things I believe that God has in store for us. Amen. I'm putting my hand up to say that I don't experience that, those, um, those uh, traits. They're not traits of mine all of the time. Deep, deep peace, deep security. Amen. And I'm sure if, we were, if you were honest with yourself, you would say the same thing. But I'm hoping to uh, share in this message some ways that we can move towards that place. Amen. You know, ways that are revealed to us in God's word. And when they're followed, it's always incumbent upon uh, following what's in God's word. When we follow them, they'll lead us to strength. And it, they'll lead us to strength in areas that we all commonly struggle with. Whether we're Christian or not, they're just, these are just people issues, you know. Um, deep insecurities and, and, and destabilizing things that go on in our lives and things like that. And one of the areas we struggle with is knowing what or who to believe. Would you, can I get an amen in a living room somewhere today? One of the areas we struggle with is what or whom to believe. Another uh, that we struggle with is allowing our minds to be dominated by what, to be quite honest with you, is pretty awful news, awful reports, bad reports, which are pretty continuous, pretty constant. And the question I have this morning, I believe God is asking of us in these times, is whose report shall we believe? Whose report shall we believe? And I want to read this in Joshua 14. You'll know this story. Um, In verse 7, Caleb speaking, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Another another translation says that he brought back um, the good report of his heart back again. It then says in verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren, notice it says that that they were his brethren, okay, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Have you ever received a report in your life? Have you ever received news and your heart has just melted? It's just crumbled It's just so much has been, it feels as if a rug has been pulled out from underneath you. And so um, this report that Caleb had in his heart was a report that was, he firmly believed and stood on, whilst his brethren had a different view of what they had just seen. They had obviously just spied out the land, the promised land that God had promised to them. Now, we could well ask, how does intimacy with God come into this story? Well, I believe the more intimate we are with God, the less intimidated we will be by people. And that story in Joshua was one where there was intimidation at play. 
And another prime example of this was a young David facing the intimidation of Goliath. Goliath and the Philistines had been taunting and mocking and calling out the Israelites for days. And uh, he was an imposing a giant of a man, you would say in the natural, yeah, I could be intimidated by that, you know. Um, and the interesting thing to know about that story is that you'd think that intimidation would only come from the ranks of your enemies, but David faced intimidation from his own side. Um, when he arrived there, bringing um, provisions, food, um, and he got wind of what was happening and, 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 and he got stirred up about that and he rose up on the inside and he said, how dare you insult the army of the Most High God? Is, aren't, is there no one here that's going to stand up to this guy? Those, the, the, those from among his own ranks tried to intimidate him by saying, well, who, well, who excuse me, you know, who are you? You're just a, you're just a boy, you're just a youth. And of course, we know the story after that. He, he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wasn't discouraged by what these people of his own brethren said to him. Let that minister to you today. You know, intimidation is becoming more and more widespread. Resistance or failure to conform to or to agree with um, pr the progressive culture or beliefs um, in this world today may result in us being labelled intolerant, um, hateful, or um, as extremists, uh, or to a lesser degree, just plain stupid or ignorant, okay? The purpose of intimidation is to silence you and to stifle you and to make you of no effect. And I declare in the name of Jesus that you will not be stifled and you will not be silenced and you will not be of no effect and that you are moving into a new season um, from today. If you've been struggling, I believe that a new season is here today and you can lay hold of that. You know, the word says in Daniel chapter 11, 32, that they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploit, exploits. And here we see again, I believe that when, when it talks about knowing your God, knowing your heavenly Father, that it means knowing him on a far greater level than, than just a, a casual five minutes a day chat with the Lord. I believe those that know the Lord, that are intimate with him, that are incredibly close in relationship to him shall be strong and do great exploits. So intimacy with God is developed as we pray and as we spend time in thanksgiving and worship. I believe that prayer and worship are two areas that the church is going to move into in a much more mighty way, and they're going to bear, those things will result in the, in the, in, in the harvest and the bearing of much fruit. Amen. You know, this intimacy is further strengthened uh, and, in, and reinforced by acting out of love for the Lord. In John chapter 14, verse 15, in the Amplified, it says there, Jesus says, If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. So intimacy increases 
as both sides stick to their covenant and fulfill their promises to one another within the boundaries of that covenant. Amen. I believe that many relationships are in peril because, and, and I'll actually would say not only covenant relationships that we know of on this earth, like my marriage, for example, your marriage or whatever, but our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is in peril because people want to act outside of the boundaries of the covenant. And when uh, they're called out for it, they protest and say that they're being controlled or their freedoms are being stolen from them uh, or their human rights have been violated or some such thing. You know what I'm talking about. They don't understand or have the revelation that true freedom, true, true peace, true contentment are provided and protected by the covenant. There are people that are given completely over uh, to self-indulgent practices at whatever cost to those around them. Um, and these people promote life without boundaries, without any structure, free to do whatever they want. And ironically, these people often favour or want to impose some restriction or boundary upon those who do value boundaries because those people who do value boundaries become a threat to the lives, to the lives of those that live a totally unrestricted and unaccountable lifestyle. Does that sound familiar in the times we're living in? You know, we're a covenant people. We have a covenanting God. We have covenant promises. Within the covenant, we thrive. Within the covenant, we'll flourish. Within the covenant, we experience protection. We receive provision within the covenant and we enjoy prosperity within the covenant. If we become dislocated, or should I say, if we relocate ourselves elsewhere, out with the covering of the covenant, life just becomes a great difficulty. <laughs> Life's been difficult enough. Life has been difficult enough without us managing to make it even more so. I want to urge all of you listening today to stay as close as possible to God, remain in covenant with him and with the people that God has given you for your life. God has given you people for your life. God has given you your place in the local church, in a local body. God has given us people that surround us and support us and encourage us. And you're, you're a, a supporter and an encourager to somebody else. If you didn't know that, you definitely are. You are, you are valuable to God and you're valuable to people and you are worth much more than you know. And it doesn't matter where you are in the whatever the per perceived ladder of success or whatever is, um, many times people do not realize their own value. They're, they do not understand their own worth. And there's great protection 
when we stay close to God. And there's great protection when we have the right relationships and covenants with people too. The operative word there is stay, staying close. It's one thing to draw near, but you, we must remain. We must try and stay there. There's great power in unity. And I thank God for the Trinity. Three in one. Three in one and totally at one. You know, God never created us to be independent people. He created us to be interdependent people. Amen. Psalm uh, 1 talks about the man who delights himself in the Lord. And in verse 3 it says, he's like a tree that's firmly planted. And because of this intimate connection to the Lord, which is produced by meditating on God's word, he, this man who's con who is um, firmly planted, will be continually fed and watered. And whatever he does prospers. There's no conditions that I can see surrounding that verse. Those that are firmly planted, that have that intimate connection, will prosper. Irrespective of the news, the reports, whatever this, whatever comes up, whatever, whatever comes our way. Amen. No matter what the news says. So today I want to share a key scripture with you for today. It's from Philippians 4. It's in the Amplified Bible. Amen. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and take pleasure in him. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything and every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Amen. Finally, believers, this is my key scripture. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in your daily life and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful scripture to go and reread. And but I'm focusing on one verse of this today in verse 8. And specifically to break that down a little bit further to the words meditate on whatever is of good repute. Now the New King James, James translation puts it a different way. 
It's, it says whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen. When you read this scripture, you can see Paul is lovingly encouraging the church in Philippi to think in a particular way. And I'd say in a pretty uncommon way. I, I don't, personally, I don't think I could think in any of these ways or meditate on these without the help of the Spirit of God, without the Holy Spirit's help. It's all too common and it's too easy to meditate on what is false, what is impure, what is unjust. You know, there are people, uh, there are groups of people now that I just discovered this week that are now not looking for justice, but they're looking for revenge. It's all too easy to meditate on the bad report to meditate on what we can discover fault in and criticize instead of preparing to be a good finder and meditating on things that are worthy of praise. I remember Pastor Tom uh, one time sharing with us that he was talking about developing a culture of good finding in the church. Good finding, not fault finding, <laughs> not criticizing. But good finding, how often do we look for the good? How often do we extol the good? How often do we um, promote the good? Amen. And, you know, it may have been a different place in a different time, but news is news. You know, if a different place, different time back then. But news is news and news travels fast. The people of that time would have had their fair share of distraction and disturbances caused by the news media and the news heralds of their, of their day. So we have the same issues today on a much grander scale, a much more magnified scale. Paul knew that the people had a choice over what they would dwell on, what would occupy their thoughts and their conversation. He knew that there were things happening that would cause anxiety in their lives. Otherwise, he wouldn't have instructed them to be anxious for nothing. He knew they'd have plenty of opportunity to mull over evil reports and rumours and so suggested to them that they meditate over what was good. I believe Paul had an insight into this in a very special way. You know, Paul for one knew that God was with him daily, every single day, always. Because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Anything we say, anything we do, anything we think, God knows it. God knows about it. There's nothing we can cover up. So what we fix our conscious thoughts upon will either strengthen and build intimacy between us and the Lord and cause us to get, get come closer or, or it may grieve the spirit of the Lord. And then it may increase that distance between us. You know, I'm, I'm dumbfounded these days by what is considered newsworthy. And I apologize in advance. This is my own personal opinion that's expressed here. But the majority of our news media, I'm sad to say, can really incline us or lean us towards a depressed mental state of mind. How often do we get to hear about or see an uplifting story? I know that they're, they're out there, but they do not get the same 
percentage of coverage that we get from other sources and not to mention social media, which is a real battle. It's a real battle to get off that, all of that. Um, I'm just going to say it, trivial and frivolous stuff that we do, we can get drawn into. And, um, you know, so do good and whole, worthy and wholesome deeds make the news as frequently as they should these days? How much of the news that we get is useful information? How much of it is misinformation? Which is not intended to, it's not malicious. It's not intended to harm. It's just misinformation. You know, being misinformed is one of, is, is, is just a huge, um, you, you know, it's a, it's a huge difficulty to have, just being misinformed. And then there's news that comes our way, which is actual disinformation, which is intended specifically to deceive us and to harm us. So how much news is helpful and improves the quality of our lives? And how much is unhelpful, negative, and, and even downright sinister and breaks down our quality of life? Think, think on that. You know, we can all make a choice about what news that we expose ourselves to. You know, I don't think the answer is switching all the news off. I believe, personally, I have a Christian duty to be well-informed or as, as informed as I can be. But I, I was listening to Anne Graham Lotz speak uh, on a podcast a while ago. She's Billy Graham's daughter. And she said that when her dad sat down to prepare his sermon, he had the Bible open on one side and the local newspaper on the other. You know, we have to imagine our lives according to the word and not the other way around. The Bible should dictate our response to the news, not the news dictate our response to God's word. Amen. We can use God's word to frame our lives and not use the reports we hear every day to limit God's word and render it ineffective. It's, it's, it's effective, it's alive, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen. So praise God. Jesus um, would no doubt have been kept informed of the news. And uh, some of his ministry and activity, I imagine, may even have been in response to the local news wherever he was at that time. And, um, you know, when we go back to that verse, uh, whatever is of good re repute or of good report, the word um, report here is, is the word shemua, shemua. And it's, it's, it's defined as um, being a report or a rumor, amen. You know, wherever Jesus went, he went with news that was uplifting because he was the good news. Amen. He was the good news. He proclaimed the coming kingdom and when the time came, he paid the price for our sins with his own blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that's a story, that's a news story that has been in print for centuries and it's a news story that's not going anywhere. It's, it's going to continue into eternity. And at a time right now when we're finding out that when books uh, don't line up with the 
the uh, accepted culture of this age and are being banned and removed from sale. Watch this space. There's one book that will endure no matter what, and I believe that in the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Bible. It's God's Word. And uh, as, as you meditate according to verse 8, God's Word will be written on our hearts. Amen. God's Word is going to be written on our hearts. The news is only going to get worse, family. And so if, if and when you take in the headlines and mull over the news, bring things into godly perspective. Don't frame, let's not frame our world by the news, but frame our world by the good news. Amen. So I trust that this has encouraged you today. Jesus is the good news. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is great news. It's, it's, it's news that's worthy of sharing and it, it is effective. And do not be intimidated into feeling or, 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 or don't let anyone persuade you that this is old fashioned and out of date. It is more alive and it, is, it has more purpose and, and more, more, there's more energy and power contained within this book than any other book that exists today. So I want to encourage you with that. Whose report will you believe? You know, I believe that we just have to sometimes say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, even though it might not look like that in the natural. But I will believe the report of the Lord and we will stay steadfast. Amen. So we thank you, Father God, for this time together. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We ask you that may the... the uh, the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. We thank you for that, Sam, Father God. Father God, help us to uh, see things as you see them, Father God, and not to try to get you to see things the way we do. Father, we want to know your heart we want to know your ways and your direction. We want to, to bring everything that comes via the news media into and under the subjection of your word because your word is power, Father, and it has the power to change. Father God, we're thankful, Lord, that we have the power to pray and change the news in our local area, in our town, in our village, Father. We thank you that um, the good news will increase beyond the increase, Father God. We're so thankful for that. Amen. Hallelujah. So I pray for God's peace with you. Amen. According to John chapter 14, um, God gives us peace not as the world gives. He gives us true peace, true contentment. Amen. And it's a peace that will keep your heart from being troubled and feeling afraid. And so today, I encourage you to draw closer to in, in intimacy with the Lord and, um, and remember that He is on your side. Amen. He is on your side. And uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Do not be intimidated 
do not be do not be kowtow, do not just toe the line of what those around you might be trying to get you to do. Stick, stick with your convictions and uh, because there's a good report in your heart. And just like Caleb, if there's a good report in your heart, then know that the Lord will follow that up with, with the signs that he promises will follow. Those that stick to that, believe in that good report, will inherit the promises. So hold on, hold on to the promises, hold on to hope. And we look forward to seeing you soon as uh, we will be together on Easter weekend. And uh, we plan a communion and worship service on Good Friday and being together on Easter Sunday. And so we love you. God bless you. We will be with you soon. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.